What is up? What's going on? We are back. The draft just happened. Oh my goodness. Way too much to unpack. Connor O'Neill, Wade Zanketa here. Um, I think we're still both reeling from the draft. That's safe to say. My my head is still ringing, if that, if I could hear you correctly on that one. <laughs> yes, I stared at a screen for too long, too much on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, fair. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, before we do jump into anything draft related, shout out to Wade for running CFP socials last night during the draft. Uh, we're, we are recording this on the Wednesday. So as I say, last night, Tuesday, the draft happened last night. Uh, shout out to Wade for running the entire CFP socials, every single draft pick. And then the, uh, as we got into the later rounds, he was doing the, the round recaps as well. So um yeah thank you so much shout out to you that was incredible the graphics look great um yeah that was all everything you saw last night draft related on cfp was entirely weighed so please well, go like we, get in his mentions congratulate thank clap whatever um can we talk about the fact that i had to change out <laughs> the I first the overall, pick. overall i had the i had the number one overall pick uh like penciled in to that graphic for a week. Like I've had it ready to go for a week. Tyrell Richards already on it. Everything set to go. And then the day of, Oh, wow. Elk trade the number one overall pick. I'm like, God damn it. At least Montreal was courteous enough to give you the afternoon to get ready though. The yeah, pick didn't change. The pick didn't change. Just the team picking did. I know. I, I was, I literally left the Tyrell Richards stuff. I was like, He's Montreal's still, going, still going Tyrell Richards. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's funny. Like, I guess I should start there because with the draft, that's a perfect place to start. Montreal trades up for the number one overall pick. Uh, obviously, they, they make a deal with Edmonton. They send the rights to Carter O'Donnell to Edmonton for the number one overall pick. They swap. Uh, they get our Edmonton. Sorry, I shouldn't say they, but Edmonton gets Montreal's fourth overall pick, Carter O'Donnell. Um, you don't get Cardo Donald, so it's literally just like a trade. I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying in, in in the sense that they don't don't get Cardo Donald because he's with the Indianapolis Colts right now. But like, if you're trading for his rights, does that not indicate to you a little bit that they think he might come back at some point? I'm not saying right now, but at some point, if you're trading for his rights, like, or is that just more so like, in your opinion, more so just like let's just go get yet another golden bear prospect I, I think it's more about just kind of stacking up hometown recruits hometown prospects but i mean out of their team they didn't go outside of their uh outside of their territorial pick they didn't go with an alberta school no right no they so didn't they went yeah. enoch from coastal carolina quebec, and then quebec, to coastal. Yeah. trey who's niagara and waterloo uh mark david bnm is French, uh, yeah, really. (laughs) Queens, Gavin Cobb's, uh, BC or Manitoba. Like, you go down the list, they just kind of dodged local prospects outside of the one they had to go with. (laughs) Went with the reverse Montreal strategy. Well, I shouldn't say reverse, yeah, I was gonna say, right, I shouldn't say this year, I wouldn't say reverse Montreal strategy because we've we've talked about we've talked about this, uh. As a like, okay, Montreal is just going to get as many RSEC players as possible. Danny Machoche works out first three picks and is like, what's a French person? Sorry, 
never met her. And then all of a sudden he goes, Vincent Forbes, Mont Blanc. He goes, Richard uh, Giroux. Copeland, Richard Giroux, Chiat Yanis. Like, so then he doubles down and goes pretty much all our sec through the rest of the draft. I was like, seriously, dude? Like, well, we were watching the draft and we were both like, oh, Montreal is not going traditional Machocha Montreal strategy this year. Okay. Not, not all their Clap own. Clap it up. Traded up for one. So not their own. Obviously, Tyrell, Pitt, Tyrell Richards was going to be the pick there at number one, right? Like you trade it for, for yeah. number one. He was the, no matter who was picking, I think Richards was the consensus number one overall pick. He's plug yeah, and play on any single defense on all nine teams across the league. And then you go with uh, Tyson Philpot at the end of the first, which is good pick. Like I'm glad they, but that was from the Thai Cats. And then second round where we had them penciled in for Cyril. They traded back in the round, but Sorrell went 11 to the Red Box, so there was no chance he was going to them. <laughs> okay. So I like, mean, okay. Let's, before, I mean, before we keep diving in, because we've already gotten there, let's let's recap this draft a little bit. I mean, let's let's talk about some of these teams' drafts, where, where guys were picked. Four I sets mean, of twins. Four. The Philpots, the Fords, the Apollons, and the Huskies. Four. Yeah, okay. Three, three and a half. Three and a half. Four. <laughs> Four. <laughs> In the Huskies, Wade is referring to Nathan Cherry and Riley Pickett. The, well, I guess we could go triplets like- because they got the offensive lineman and Noah's there as well. But perfect place to start. BC Lions draft. Nathan Cherry, Noah's there. Josh Archibald, Ryder Varga, Adrian Green, Riley Pickett, Fred Eviard, John Mechie, and this- Adam Wallace. I love the BC draft. I mean, Nathan Cherry, it was a shock to me for him to go up at three. I pictured him more of 12 where Zare went. Um, but either way, you get Cherry, Zare, and then you come back with Archibald, who's shown a great offseason and combine and draft process. Uh, Ryder Varga, who's like a multiple-time academic All-Canadian, great special teams value there. You get Adrian Green, who's our miss, like line him up anywhere and cover. Yeah, I was gonna say arguably our favorite DB or our favorite sleeper DB in this draft, not named Tyrell Ford or Enoch McConzo. And then you go and get Riley Pickett to pair with Nathan Cherry because same player be just on the other side of the defensive line. Then you get then you go with Fred from Ottawa, who is Freak. the biggest, like highest ceiling guy that you could possibly imagine, and worst case Ontario for him. <laughs> Put him back at wide receiver. (laughs) No, worst case on Terry, you have a great special teamer. No, I'm totally joking. Totally joking with the wide receiver thing. But no, I agree with you on the the worst case on Terry, a teamer thing. And then obviously at the end of the round, why not with with an absolute swing in the the back end of this draft? Sure, just take the rights to John Mechie. If he comes back, amazing for you. If he doesn't, whatever. You wasted a, what, 59th overall pick on the rights to... John Mechie, I'm okay with it. To me, I want to talk about Adrian Green at 32 because this yes. is a weird, 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 weird spot in the draft to me. Uh, BC was not the team that I thought Adrian Green was going to fall to, though I'm not mad about it. Okay, but no, let's look at it. 32. So Ottawa takes Danny Valenti at 31. Next pick, Adrian Green. I'm like, wow, okay. You also have Tyson Otis Copeland, who's a long super rangy rangy. yeah okay you got him tommy bringy 36 jamie dalkey 54 like there's three 
four players that I just named off right away that you're like, wow, those guys are like, even a guy like, uh, even a guy like Braden Knoll went after him where Ottawa, like you need some offensive line help. Yes. I know you double dipped earlier. You want to get some different positional value, but there's guys on your board that can do so much on a football field for you. And you're just like, yeah, we're fine. We'll keep checking along our board. I was just kind of shocked at that. Uh, great for Valenti to land in Ottawa um, once they get uh, Alonzo a die up and Trayshawn Abrams-Webster still on the roster. That'll be uh, a loaded safety room for sure. But uh, I was just kind of shocked at the positional value that we had given to Adrian Green and guys like Jaden Dalkey, who are multiple first – well, Jaden specifically a multiple first team All-Canadian who can do everything for you under the sun – uh, in the defensive backfield. I was just kind of shocked to see him slide well past that point due to his injury. Yeah, I think in, in you mentioned the fact that he had the injury, right? And then the ACL, I think that is why he slid. I think it shouldn't, though it does. I mean, obviously you, you hear he's got an injury to the ACL that scares you a little bit, and I totally understand that. But when we look at the advancements in, in medical science now, the ease that it, it – it, and I say ease and I don't really want to put anything lightly on tearing your ACL, but like how easy it is to come back from an ACL now versus how easy it used to be to come back from an ACL or how difficult, I guess it should say, I should say it, it was to come back from an ACL injury. Like I understand the fear there in, in the knee stability, but medical science, like I, I think Jaden Dalkey will be good to go and, and undoubtedly will be good to go. So I think Saskatchewan will get there, but I think Saskatchewan got a steal in Jaden Dalkey at 54. But I do think just because of the injury and the, the scary or the scarceness of the injury that that's why it pushed him down some draft boards a little bit. And that's, I think maybe why you saw some of these players like a Valenti or like a green shoot up. Nonetheless, I do think BC with the 32nd overall pick got an absolute baller in Adrian Green at 32. He's going to be a teamer right away, and he's a guy that you can plug and play on your back end wherever you're comfortable playing with him because he can play multiple roles across that defense. Now, moving out of BC across conference into another team's draft, the Edmonton Elks had a very interesting draft in their own right. Number four, they trade. They had the number one overall pick. We talked about it. They traded to Montreal. Now they got four and eight in the first round. And with four, they go with Enoch McConzo, who we all penciled in, or you and I penciled in, and I think even Marsh penciled him in, to Montreal with that fourth spot. They go with a complete shock in Trey Ford at eighth overall, making him the single highest Canadian quarterback ever selected in the CFL draft. So clap it up. Shout out to Trey Ford. Nathan Rourke, just a season ago, broke Jesse Palmer's record. Trey Ford comes in now and goes eight and breaks Nathan Rourke's record. Then with their territorial selection, they go with Plamadon. Uh, I believe we both thought they might go Jaden Dalkey. We were texting back and forth. We, we thought this one might be a Jaden Dalkey pick. And then they go with Mark David being aim at 21, Peter J at 28, Gavin Cobb, the speedy wide receiver who we saw cross up multiple DBs at the combine. Wesley Apple, Wesley Appelon, the twin brother to Woodley, uh, Jeremy Dominic, J.P. Simonkinda, Ottawa running back, and Nate Edwards. They round out the draft with the Mac linebacker, Nate Edwards. Um, let's talk about Trey Ford here, though, because I think for both of us, Trey Ford going in eighth overall is the most surprising pick potentially in this entire draft. It's not surprising that he went at eight. It's surprising that he went to Edmonton. Yes. And 
Let before, me to, to, before we go any further on Trey Ford, though, on specifically Trey Ford, because I think we've got a lot to say on that specific topic. Can we talk about Chris Jones rocking the shades on what his I, draft what I, text, I texted you and Marshall. It oh, looks like Chris dude. Jones just got out of a week at Bali's in Vegas where he's been smashing pints at the roulette table. He was bluffing. That was his bluff look for Trey <laughs> Ford the entire night. I'm not taking a quarterback. I'm not taking Trey Ford. But he's got sunglasses on and he does. But no, like, here's the here's the ultimate preference to this. Is that as soon as they, they selected Trey Ford, Marshall and Dwayne Ford and uh, Farhan and Sanchez, they all listed the eight different quarterbacks that Edmonton has coming yeah. into camp. That's what that's why this pick was sh- so shocking to me. And it's not a knock on Trey Ford, but like look at who they already have. They've got Nick Arbuckle, they've got Taylor Cornelius. And then if you're gonna go with a guy like Trey Ford, RJ Barrett. Well, that's and, what I mean. Like, and, like JT, they, not RJ. RJ is playing for the Knicks in the NBA, but like I'm JT. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> JT <laughs> I got Barrett. you. J, JT Barrett, who was down against Michigan, but they've got JT Barrett at quarterback. And if you're gonna go with a guy like that, why not just go with a guy that's already on your roster and JT Barrett? So that makes me that's wonder. That makes me wonder with this pick, like, was this a legit pick or was this just Victor Sui, who don't get me wrong, like, I think he's done great things since he's taken over the Elks organization. I think he, he's drummed up a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest, but that's that's the other side of this coin. Was this Trey Ford pick just a marketing ploy, just an interest ploy, just an Edmonton Elks get eyes on the product ploy? Because I don't necessarily know if Trey Ford is a Chris Jones guy. And that kind of scares me a little bit for Trey Ford's development, because what if they're just like, yeah, we just took Trey Ford because it was the splashy name in the 2022 draft. Like I Trey Ford is the type of guy that I don't want to see get buried on a roster because I think he genuinely could be the face of a franchise in 2026, 2027. Okay. So, so listen to this. I, I was one of the people that was begging for him to fall into the laps of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Yes. Right. He goes to Ottawa. Mazzoli's on a one-year deal. Caleb Evans there had some promise last year, but had a lot of really kind of moments. Yeah. Crayford goes in. He's battling for that number two spot. At worst, he's number three. You keep him on the practice roster, dress him a couple times. He's in Edmonton now. He's fighting for practice reps. When you're a young quarterback, regardless NFL, CFL, you need practice reps to develop and grow your game because it is a big jump from U sports to the CFL. So you need those reps. He's not going to get them in Edmonton, like you said. And when Chris Jones credit to Farhan Lalji, because Farhan asked him specifically is Trey Ford, a quarterback at Elks camp. And he said to you for watching my TSN pack, because that was the the question that I put in my pack. (laughs) Yeah. But that was, that was the question because everyone wants to know this guy is a through and through quarterback. He's been admin. Give me a chance and you won't regret it at quarterback because that's the type of player he is. Well, and that's why to your point, that's why I think these meaningless. Yeah. That's why I think these rookie rookie camp invites in the NFL is as great as that is for Trey Ford. Don't get me wrong. Like I think the fact that he's getting, NFL looks is very telling, but I think they're meaningless because he wants to play quarterback. He wants to be a starting quarterback. Well, the Baltimore one is a quarterback look, but the it Giants- is. It is because he fits in that scheme. But the yeah. Giants one, 
that's an athlete look. That's it an is. athlete look. It's the same thing they did with Rourke. But for Trey, like, congratulations to getting drafted. But I just don't know logistically and realistically how this fits in. Even Chris Jones, as yes, as much of a closed book as he is on camera. Did he sound sold to you in that interview on Trey Ford? No, he 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 dodged the question and then yes. said, "Well, whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he's a game changer." Exactly, which to me okay, means so he's an that, athlete. Does that mean that you're going to be throwing him the ball? And no, it doesn't. It means hands? with the ball in his hands, like obviously are that you running him like, as Nick Dembski out of the back. Like, there's so many different options, and maybe this is just us reading into it too much. But he was so non-committal to that whole thing. Like, yeah. And I agree. I'm to me, to me, and I'm the GM, and I'm taking a quarterback in the first round of any draft. This guy is a quarterback. Like yes. that's why you use a first round pick. Yep. I think to me, and I don't know if you agree or you feel free to agree or disagree. Maybe we can have a good conversation on this. Like as bad as you as you wanted him in Ottawa, I think that was one of two very good fits for Trey Ford. I think the absolute best fit for Trey Ford in terms of getting development in terms of getting looks would have been with the Toronto Argonauts. We look at their backup quarterback situation. What is it? It's Chad Kelly. And are we sold on him? I'm certainly not. He's had, you know, law enforcement issues in the past. He's shown inconsistencies at old miss, but we've seen Ryan Dinwiddie take shots on Canadian quarterbacks. And I think from a development standpoint, from, you know, getting the opportunity to be a quarterback, Toronto is likely the best situation for Trey Ford to go to. I think I think any of the Eastern Conference teams would have been great. Hamilton, yes. probably fourth out of the options because they have signed Matt Schiltz for the big money. Yeah, I agree. And I, I said I loved Trey Ford in Hamilton solely because of the media standpoint. Like you take, you know, one of the best Canadian quarterbacks to come out of U Sports in recent years and put them in, you know, one of the biggest Canadian football cities in in, in the entirety of Ontario. And you know, there it is. But yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think scheme fit it's Toronto and Ottawa. Uh, can we, okay. Enough on one Ford. Let's move to the other because the blue bombers. Okay. Oh dude, they're back in the back into their defense is so good. National talent alone. Oh. Cramby. Okay. We can play Sam or will both Hallets, both, both of the Hallets, Nick and Noah oh. are both extremely fast, twitchy athletes. Tyrell Ford. <laughs> they brought back Winston Rose. And they added Chris Sigano in the tail end of the draft to kind of flush out not that. fair. How rotation. do you trade out of the, the your first round pick and still end up with Tyrell Ford? Not fair. Not fair. Chance. But no, like this, this secondary is set up from a national perspective. So much last- success. To last them for four years of just high level <laughs> play. It's oh, and not to mention they added Cam Lawson, who uh, was like a top two round pick uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, we want to free up Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat on the outside. Oh, let's go get the most impressive Canadian offensive li- or most impressive Canadian defensive lineman from the 2018-2019 season and just plug him into the middle of our defense because he's going to run stop and he's going to gap all those or he's going to attract all of those double triple teams and that's going to free up the when I of saw, our defense. So when I saw them pick Tyrell Ford, my initial thought was are you serious? Like how oh, I yelled out no. <laughs> I absolutely yelled out no. 
no god yes. please no <laughs> i was sitting by myself well not by myself you don't i was like need- <laughs> I, I think tsn knew when they put me on the pack last night that i was just going to be going absolutely nuts because i was in the depths of tsn at a workstation pretty much by myself it was me and one other person and i had to c- continuously turn around all night and apologize because i was just like screaming at the monitor I was working off of. And when Tyrell Ford went 13th to Winnipeg, I legitimately sat there at my monitor and just went, no, not fair. They don't even need him. They don't. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the other set of twins here. The uh, Phil Potts. One has the long walk across the stadium. Oh, so long. traveling from McMahon Horrible. to McMahon. Uh, the other one gets to fly out to La Belle Provence and play for the guy that he absolutely destroyed in the Vanier Cup two years ago. I, I know you were watching the broadcast. So I know you saw this, but did Marshall you made see? A huge point of it. Did you see Tyson say on broadcast too far in Logie that last he time wanted to go? No, but he said he's like, I want to go to the East Coast. He's like, I want to get out of, I want to get out of the West. I want to go East. I want to go to the East Coast. I wanted to go to Montreal so bad which I thought was super interesting. You know what? It is. It really is because you think about it, uh, going from Vancouver and uh, Delta to Calgary, they really haven't played that much football East in the Eastern time zone. Now they get like, to me for Tyson Philpott to say like, I want to go East kind of shows like if he goes West, I want to be East because I want to be able to do my own thing. Like, yes, we're brothers. We love each other. If we can play together one day, that's great. But I want to go do my own thing and say, this is Tyson Philpott, the two-time All-Canadian receiver from the Calgary Dinos. Whereas Jalen can be like, this is Jalen Philpott, Canada Player of the Year. If I got those awards mixed up, I it's so when you wear five and six in the same uniform, it's so difficult. Um, Nobody can follow you. I will not follow you. But yeah, like I love that they're squaring off week one as well. Like oh, that was my favorite thing. My favorite thing was that when they got Football drafted, God smiled that time. But uh, week one matchup: Calgary plays Montreal. Week I one think, of the season. Could the story have written itself any better? I don't think so. I think uh, Farhan. Uh, said the perfect point though or maybe it was Dwayne Ford about they play faster than they tested that is perfectly fine by me absolutely and I agree with that all these combine doubters to bed please well that's what can we tuck them all in to to a T when you don't have the tape of the Philpots where I can physically see you pull away from guys as you're running a 109-yard reception down to the one-yard line, I can see you pull away from guys, and then someone with exceptional speed takes a great angle on you. Like, I can see you pull away. I don't need to see your 40 time. I don't care. I don't care how fast you can run in a straight line with nobody covering you. You want to know what I care about? I want to care. I, I care about if you can get off that jam. I care about if you can get off that DB. I care about if you can separate. I care about if you can use your stem. I care about if you can stack said DB and work your way downfield and out body, out muscle, and out position. I don't care how fast you can run in a straight line in a cold ass wind tunnel in Toronto with no heat. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. 
I really don't. For some positions, yeah, I care how fast you can run 10 yards, mainly offensive and defensive line. Does that 10-yard split matter? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does indeed. Does how fast you can run 40 yards with no coverage in a straight line really matter to me? Not really. Not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got another couple picks here to go through. These ones are close to the heart for us. The mustard uh, tiger. The la- Mr. Irrelevant of the CFL draft is not irrelevant to Connor. Connor Burton Shaw, the utility fullback special teams monster from Queens. Full disclosure, when this pick happened, I like this was my biggest outburst of the night. And everybody near me looked at me like I had four heads. They're like, why are you so excited about the last pick of the CFL draft? And my only my only response was that's the mustard tiger. Man, like I'm so happy. He's had a wild journey to get here. It's been such a long process for him, but he was given the chance with Steve Schneider to show his offensive capabilities as well as his special teams aspects. And he's flourished. They have an older fullback on the roster. Who's also fantastic at special teams. Wow. I wonder what Burt can do play special teams and fullback kind of in a transitional role. It could work out in great favor for them. You know what Queens does? Hey, Bert, go run as hard as you can into that wedge and see if you can blow up all four guys. He He's fantastic. Like, man, um, like, I, like, I was super excited for this pick. Yeah, obviously, because it's sentimental to us. It's one of our, it's one of our buddies. It's one of our, you know, the guy, one of the guys that we grew up playing with. But at the same time, like, yeah, he was the last pick of the draft, but. I do see some legitimate special teams value with Connor Burtonshaw. The guy well, no, tests, that's, what, uh, that's like a freak. And he Dwayne Ford was saying that, that too. Moves. Dwayne like, Ford is saying that too. Day one special teams value. Great yes, pick. Absolutely. Perfect. Absolutely. Like, uh, I, I know we've told stories, but I just cannot overstate how much of, I don't know, how much non-care this guy has for his own body in the best possible way. Like, I don't know. He's going to give you every ounce of sweat he has in his body to make a play on the football field. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers drafted Connor Burtonshaw, and Connor Burtonshaw is going to bleed blue and gold until the minute he is no longer a Blue Bomber. Like that's that's the only way I know how to describe it. Absolutely, yeah. The other pick, though, at the top of the draft, I didn't expect it to go this high, but Zach Pelios, second overall to the Red Blacks. Um, yeah, I mean, I will, I'll courteously bow out of this conversation and just let you go off because all credit to you, you, I don't know, dude, like all credit to you. You put everybody on notice about Zach Palios early going into the season. You said Zach Palios is back for the university of Ottawa GGs. He's going to be a force. He's going to be somebody that we all need to look out for. You were on this dude so early as a result, second overall pick in the CFL draft, it is your time to gloat. But no, it's it's not about gloating. I mean, he did all the work himself. It's just to go from East Regional to even a first rounder is is a huge jump, right? Like, take a look at Adrian Green. He ended up being the fifth pick for BC. He was an East Regional guy who also showed out at the National Combine, right? So for for Zach to go from East 
to the top of the damn board where the only guy in front of him had to play at three different positions. That just speaks a ton to him and the work that he's put in. I think he's been with Titan performance up in Ottawa, but for him to go on that journey from coming back after two years off, then going to the East regional national invite second overall, I phenomenal story for him and he's not done writing it yet. So I very excited to hear his name go. Uh, there's a bar again, accent Connor the video. There's we'll a bar again. We will absolutely be posting this video because it's too, too incredible not to. There's a bar in Gannockway that he had a watch party out with all his friends and family. And uh, it was, it was certainly a sight to see uh, everyone going nuts for his selection. Yeah. Uh, one of my one of my favorite picks, one of my favorite stories from this draft. But I mean, you talk about Tyrell Richards, the only other guy in front of him being selected in this draft, playing three different positions at the CFL Combine. I mean, a little bit different scale, but didn't we see Zach Pelios do something similar anyways? Like this dude can play all positions across the offensive line. I mean, I think the only thing we didn't see him do was snap the ball, which but they is a different skill set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> different skill set, different different beast in its own right. And you're right, they drafted Sorrell. So Pelios does not have to worry about snapping the football ever. But to me, I mean, yeah, he can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. We saw him be able to play guard. Like he can pin and pull. He can do all the things that you need him to do in an offensive lineman. And at that, does this not just feel like the all too natural replacement for Mark Cordy now? I want to say yes. Yes and no. I mean, I think because obviously Mark, not Mark right away, true, but in time. Mark is a true all-star at whatever yeah. spot you line him up at. Like, I think Zach Palios can be that. He can become it, but the Mark development traits are impact, there. Right? Yes. Yeah. I think Zach Palios will be a day one impact guy for the Ottawa Red Blacks. I think Maybe, I, do too. I think I, by the end of the season, we'll see Zach Pelios as a rotational starter for the Ottawa Red Blacks. I think they're, I think they're top three draft picks, excluding Luke Hedda, because it was a territorial selection. Pelios, Cyril, and Keaton Brugling. All three of those guys can come in and impact your team week one, whether yes. it's in specials, whether it's in a rotation, uh, whether it's starting. There will be some form of impact from all, all three of these guys. Uh, and to go one, two, three like that through the draft, like I think Montreal did that with Rodin Brown, except he's going back to school. So you can't say that. Um, I would like to say that about Toronto, but you have Andrew Harris. So is Adebayoye going to get that much impact day one? We don't know. Not uh, day one, but I think like to that point, just before we do move on a little bit, like I think Adebayoye, like oh, I like that pick. It was an incredible I, I pick. That, incredible pick. That, uh, Saskatchewan would have kind of went for him to kind of fill in a national role. Um, but that was a pick right before they had their second selection of the draft. So, yeah, uh, I think, I think this is maybe a good segue, good, good transition. But like, as we talk about Toronto's draft, Adobo boy, we both obviously love another pick that I love for Toronto was Enoch Penny Larea, because I think Enoch Penny Larea over time, who's another guy that Toronto has right now. Oh, Enoch Moamba. I, very similar traits. I'm not going to say similar players, but I'm going to say similar traits in the fact that they're versatile, they're lean, they can cover, they can blitz, they can come off the edge. Like, right. Like there's, there's multiple positions you can use both at. So to that point, let's get into it. Overall, 
Where was our favorite no, hold, draft? Hold on, because with, with Penny, like Enoch Penny Larea, it's going to be what Kevin Ivan can squeeze and out of him and mold him into, right? Because he's so raw. He was a D end, but he can also play linebacker. It's just going to be what Ivan and the linebacking crew can squeeze out of this player. But to get him at 26, you know you're getting a special teams talent that's going to play punt, punt return, kick, kickoff return. There's four specials right there on a national player. I, I think Daniel Quemu can kind of do that as well to some extent. But with Enoch, he's just so blazing fast, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And showed so much at not only the regional combine, but then came out and doubled down on it at the national combine. Um, you know, certainly a versatile player that the Toronto Argonauts are only going to benefit from in the future. But as I said before, should we start talking about our favorite drafts in this one? I think it was unanimous between between the two of us. Oh, BC. I mean, you yep. can never have too many D linemen. And to add Matthew Betts and then go one, two, three, uh, five of them all together. Like you're just building a young core and saying, all right, this is our group for the next three years. Uh, some of you may go back to school. Some of you are going to come right in. But this is our crew. We're going to rock with it. We're going to grow with it. And they have now Jordan Williams and all these young pass rushers to uh, grow as a team. Yeah, BC certainly was my my favorite draft this year. I mean, like when you look at the makeup of the BC roster, what do they need, right? Like they don't need anything offensively, really. Nathan Rourke, I think, is the starting quarterback there. Obviously, you're not going to go with the quarterback after you just drafted one at 15. Uh, offensive line, I think, you know, they address that through the offseason, and I think they're comfortable with what they have. Wide receiver, obviously, safely, comfortably, probably the best wide receiver room in the CFL. So what, is, what does BC need when you really look at it? Defensive help, right? Like a, across the board other than their defensive backs, and they get one of the best interior defensive linemen in the draft and Nathan Cherry. Obviously, they valued him as the best defensive interior interior defensive lineman in the draft you come back and you get you know my favorite lineman in Noah Zur, Josh Archibald who's also going to be a great team or great you know rotational defensive lineman so I think BC did a lot of great things in this draft double down on you know defensive end help back end help secondary help with Adrian Green um, you know you get Riley Peckett who again I think can can be a rotational player so I love just about everything BC did with their draft this in in 2022 like i'm at a loss for words i'm stuttering i'm trying to find what i'm trying to say because bc just blew me away i'm tongue-tied i'm twisted i don't know i'm going i'm going to the opposite end of the country i'm going montreal okay they had the aggression to trade up and get the number one overall pick right they get into the bottom half of the first round they have number nine overall pick not only do they get two top playmakers, but after that, they still stay true to their roots and to their culture that they're building, which is French Canadian talent, right? Like one, two, three, four, half their picks are French players, right? Like this is, this is so fantastic for Montreal to be able to still say, yes, we want to grow with French players, but the board dictates what the board dictates. And that can be used as a tiebreaker. But at number one overall, 
we've got to go Tyrell Richards. Whether he's French or not, get the best playmaker. Surround VA with as much physical talent, offensive and defensive side of the ball that we have. If they're French, huge plus. But I, I was excited to see. And I mean, they got both Bears offensive linemen uh, in Rodim and Kazushka. So uh, I, I'm I'm very thrilled with the Montreal draft. They stayed true to their roots, but still stayed true to the board at the same time. I think if we're looking at a sleeper sleeper draft for this one, feel free to disagree, agree, whatever you want. But like sleeper in this draft for me was absolutely the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. When you look at what they did, yeah. they replaced. You Brent had this Linnius. one penciled in, otherwise that would have been my pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, let's I mean, collab collab Emilis. on this one, I guess. Yeah, Emilis to replace Braden Linnaeus, right? I, yeah. I really did think that they were going to go offensive line in the first round, though getting one of the best prospects available in Britain, uh, Samuel Emelis. I can't, I can't argue that there. And then, you know, you, they doubled you down around, on offensive line, right? Absolutely. Like, they got the, the next best two available, I think in our opinion, in Zach Fry. I mean, the way the board was built out, Zach Fry, because Zer was gone. Pelios above, was gone. Picks above uh, Rodin St. Dawn was gone. Rodin Brown yep. was gone. So I think Zach Fry was the next no, available was- offensive lineman or the next best available offensive lineman. And then in the next round, you double down on that with Diego Torre, who we both thought was going to be a national guy or a national invite guy and, and wasn't, but I think is still a phenomenal offensive lineman out of UBC in his own right. You get a freak athlete in Tommy Bringy at 36, who you love, I love. We both thought would land a little bit higher than 36, but I think 36 for Bringy with the Riders is an absolute steal. Tristan Fleury, the DB out of the, the rangy long DB out of the RSEC. Jaden Dalkey at 54 might be the steal of the draft. Zach Herzog, who showed out at the regional combine in Waterloo. And then Riley Borsma, who again showed out in his own right at the Western combine in Edmonton. So I think Sask had a uh, sneaky good draft. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to these next two right here. Because uh, next to... Uh... Jaden Dalkey, you kind of tagged your sleeper pick. Is he your top sleeper pick of the draft? Yes. Yes, he is. Saskatchewan goes with, or Saskatchewan gets my top sleeper draft of the night. Saskatchewan also gets my top sleeper pick of the night. Jaden Dalkey, I really did think, and I think, you know, you did as well. I think we both thought Jaden Dalkey really would be inside the top 30 picks if he wasn't going to be a selection, we both thought he might be that territorial pick for Edmonton. He's not. He falls to 54 at Saskatchewan with the injury, with the ACL tear. But I think, you know, yes, that's a scary injury. And I, I totally understand thinking in, you know, multiple teams passing and waiting and whatever on Jaden Dalkey here. But at the end of the day, like we said at the top of the show, ACL injuries don't scare me that much. And I think Jaden Dalkey, he at 54 at this spot, should he, or since he was still available, I think was too good to pass up on at this point. And I think Jaden Dalkey, when he's fully recovered, when he comes back from this knee injury in camp is going to be one of the best teamers in the 2022 class. All right. My sleeper. I got to explain this one. Shaq St. Lot to Calgary, to me at 61, is a fantastic pick. But here's my issue. Often injured in college usually translates to often injured in the pros. He's 
he has not played a lot of football the last couple of years because of injury. But when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. And for them at 61 to be like, you know what? Risk reward at this point. If it if it's a hit, oh man, is it a hit? If it's a miss, oh well, 61st overall, never gonna fold our franchise over a 61st overall pick, right? Like, um, and to me, that's that's what the sleeper can be, right? He's he's someone that you don't know he's gonna come back from this injury, but man, oh man, if he does, watch out because it is not going to be pretty for other teams and other receivers. And I don't want to be like Debbie Downer. I don't want to be negative Nancy, negative Nelly, whatever. But like, I agree with that because I really think as a defensive back prospect, Shaq St. Lot brings a lot more to the table after seeing his pro day numbers, after seeing a little bit of tape. I think Shaq St. Lot brings a lot more to the team than a guy like Eric Sutton might. And we got to see Eric Sutton at the combine a little bit. And he didn't, uh, again, like I, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, mean, negative or anything like that but i think shaq st Laurent as a prospect brings a little bit more to a defense a little bit more to a team than a guy like eric sutton might so i do really like shaq st law as your sleeper pick if we're talking about them as this sleeper pick territory i like shaq st law better uh favorite picks of the night we both go receiver you're taking a fill pot i am not I really, I really did want to take your pick, and I knew one of us was going to go here at some point. Um, I did initially have Pelios penciled in for you, which I guess was a little bit premature. But yeah, my favorite pick of the night is Jalen Philpot going to Calgary. I think when you look at what Calgary has at the wide receiver spot on their roster right now, like outside of uh, your Reggie Bagletons outside of your Richie Sandanis outside of, you know, your Colton Hunchak or your Malik Henry's who really don't have the production or the production numbers or the targets over the last couple of years. Like what does Calgary have at wide receiver? Not a lot. When you break it down, like I just did, you have a Richie Sandani and you have Reggie Bagleton. Now I think going out, and getting a guy like Jalen Philpot immediately bolsters your wide receiver position. I think Jalen Philpot is a day one starter. Where is he a day one starter? That remains to be seen, but I think he is a day one starter. So I think, um, you know, safely, one of my favorite picks in this draft was Calgary going out and boosting their wide receiver position immediately and effectively because they don't have to carry much equipment straight across the hall. You don't even have to fly that stuff in. You can literally just walk it down the hall and uh, pin it on number five for the, the Calgary Stampeders now instead of the Calgary Dinos. All right. I'm going another guy that has to make a very long and strenuous journey across the city. Uh, Keaton Brugling getting picked up by Ottawa. The yeah, highlight straight, straight down like Bronson and whatever the street is. Yeah, real far journey for Keaton Brugling. They... uh the pinnacle for me with this pick was the highlight pack they put up to start talking about the player because we've talked about Keaton, how he's just a big bully on the field and he, he looks much bigger than he uh, physically is in pads. He, <laughs> the first like three plays, one was a contested catch where he absolutely gets bodied and just says, Oh, well, I'm still holding on to Paul next two plays were him just absolutely tossing defensive backs. And then the third play was him catching the ball. And what did he say to us when he talked? I love I love short reds because it means they can get a little yak afterwards, get some contact in. Oh, yeah, he did exactly that. 
I just got the biggest grin on my face watching him bully people. And then to top it all off, I see the tweet from Nate Bahar come in. I can't wait to bully Keaton. And I was like, this is perfect. This is the best spot. He's going to fit right in. They need that physical presence in the spot. You know how is going to be in on that with Bahar too, right? Like how and Bahar yeah, are just so. going to be ruthless to keep Brugling. Unfortunately, fortunately, team bonding, you love to see it. Uh, but no, I, I mean, that stuff aside, because that's just all fun and games. I think this is a great fit for him because his versatility and his size and speed combo that creates mismatches. What coach is better primed to exploit that than Paul Lapolice? Because he has the speed to get vertical. He has the toughness and physicality to come across the box. If you need him to, he's going to push DBs around in the run game. If it comes to his side, I mean, he's going to block either way, but it's more apparent when he's coming to his side because the blockers are or the defensive backs are trying to go through him to get disengaged. I think it's a great fit. The highlight pack was perfect for him. He gets to stay at home in a city that he's familiar with and has gotten accustomed to. Uh, and if they do end up sending him back to Carlton for another year, it's not like they have to go too far to go and keep tabs on him. Yeah, we know a certain head coach that's not going to be too upset if Keaton Brugling has to come back to the, to the Carlton Ravens football program for 2022-2023. But I think that's a perfect place to, to end this episode. Keaton Brugling, I think, you know, you, you picked him, but might be the consensus favorite of CFP this year. I mean, yeah. is there a more perfect spot for, for a player this year? Ottawa doesn't um, have a wide receiver like Keaton Brugling as well, like, they don't have a big body wide receiver that's just going to be a jump ball tight end in the red zone right now. They don't. I I, uh, I do want to say, for those of you that are now done with the CFL draft, there were some odds up on the first overall pick where you could make negative money on Tyrell Richards. Like, <laughs> Neg- I think the bet, the final bet came in at what, negative 400? Yeah. Um, shout out to Shara's cool bet for getting those up, though. But if you do want to go and get some action on the NHL playoffs or NBA playoffs. Oh, damn. Those Celtics look good. (laughs) The six are going to drop a series again. So go and bet on the heat until Joel comes back. Uh, You can do so at cool bet Canada, go over, get the best lines daily boosted odds as well. I know uh, Jake, Chris, and the rest of the team is fired up for the Leafs playoffs. I can't wait to see the Leafs flop again in the playoffs, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but no, head over to Cool Bet Canada. Check out all the best lines in Canadian ga- sports gambling. Uh, also head over to fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 to get 15% off all your whistle needs from the worldwide leader in whistle tech. Thank you very much for such a great combine and draft season. Uh, I am going on vacation for a week. I'm going on vacation the week after going on vacation the week after. So we're going to try to link up for an episode before we each depart again. Connor is going to be potentially at the East West bowl. If not, we'll talk about it next week with you guys might be a bit delayed. Um, Marsh will hundred percent be at the East West bowl. I think Marsh is already at the East West bowl. (laughs) So uh, make sure to follow us at CF Perspective on your social media platforms. Also at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank. Enjoy your week. It's going to be a quiet one from us as we uh, take a break after draft and combine season. Enjoy.
I see, the less I'm willing.